Welcome to the Capital Insight Podcast with Jenny Casson and Michelle Timish, two capital raising experts on a mission to demystify and equify the world of investment for entrepreneurs and investors alike. Listen in as they sit down with fundraising veterans and share with you the success stories and cautionary tales of outside-the-box capital raising. This is Capital Insight. Hello, this is Jenny Casson with Capital Insight Podcast, and I'm so excited to be here today with Nicole Middleton-Holloway. She's the owner of Strategy Squad, which is an independent wealth management firm based in the San Francisco Bay Area, and she does her work in partnership with Natural Investments, which is a really awesome investment management company that I happen to work with quite a bit. So I'm super excited to hear from Nicole and her story of how she became a wealth manager. So, Nicole, welcome. And why don't we start out by you sharing your story of how you got into doing what you do? Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to um, to have this conversation with you. So I became I made it into this world of socially responsible investment management um, after um, having an experience of working at a nonprofit. Um, that was focused on on women and girls issues. And I was both a fundraiser and uh, a program director um, and and working with this nonprofit based in Oakland. And it was just so challenging to raise money for it. Um, It was, you know, it really, it really uh, influenced me to figure out how how could I be more impactful? Um, And right before that, I had done some traveling and lived internationally in Brazil. And so it was kind of this, me putting that experience plus this work experience with this nonprofit together that I realized that, you know, I I wanna be uh, in a more powerful position, um, being able to influence the movement of money um, to um, further uh, issues that I really cared about. Um, which, which were always very progressive, very activist oriented. Um, and I was like, you know, I just, I think I, I need to go back to school. Um, meanwhile, I have parents that are, have been uh, advisors for, um, you know, my whole life. They're both uh, CPAs, tax advisors. And so and, I, and so I come from, I also come from a family of, and they owned a business together um, while growing up. And they're both, uh, they, they no longer are in business together, but they're still both self-employed. So I had this interesting personal experience of being raised by two, you know, um, incredibly smart, self-employed, Black um, CPAs uh, in, in Oakland. And um, and also having this desire to change careers. Um, so uh, my dad, my father, who's also a business partner of mine at Strategy Squad, um, was the first person who actually let me know what a financial planner was. Um, once I found out about what the, that position was, I liked the, the kind of holistic aspect of what financial planning was about. Um, but also, you know, being able to have um, influence about money flow and, and, and managing of wealth was really interesting to me at the same time. So I went back and got my master's uh, in San Francisco at Golden Gate University. Um, you know, fast forward, 
you know, studied for, uh, you know, the CFP exam, um, which is a really rigorous exam, you know, requires a um, number of work experience as well. And um, I also at that time got my first job in the finance industry uh, at a big wirehouse firm, which I won't name because um, I'm not a super big fan of it. <laughs> but it was a great first, you know, getting my first foot in the door to help me realize that, you know, um, investment management, it was something that I was good at and interested in, but it was a specific type of investment management that I was looking for that I did not find at this kind of mainstream um, big bank uh, uh, role and firm. And so I left that and um, knew that I wanted to create uh, a business in partnership with my father, um, Dennis Middleton, um, so that we could we could create something that was very um, you know, focused on uh, helping women and also helping people of color, but also just being able to um, have ownership and say and flexibility over the the type of work that we did, um, and you know, always doing it from like a, a fiduciary standpoint. But you know, we we know that representation, and I know that representation matters in this industry. And um, not having a firm kind of dictate, you know, to you about the who the clients that you work with, and for me to be able to have that say, has made such a difference in um, in, the, in the type of clientele that we've been able to reach and to work with, and for me to be able to, um, you know, kind of be laser focused after. Um, you know, really receiving uh, wonderful uh, business mentorship from a few entities in uh, Oakland and in the Bay Area, a few organizations to be able to say, you know, I, I really want to be in, in sustainable investing and I really want to work with the firm that is going to allow me, that's going to be really open and allow me to do that. Um, and through that, I was able to um, meet a couple advisors at Natural Investments. Um, first, uh, Tiffany Brown, um, who then introduced me to uh, Malika Mafalala. Um, and, um, and then that led to me also becoming uh, an advisor at Natural Investments um, in order to, to really be able to have all the um, capabilities around sustainable and socially responsible investing that I wanted to be able to provide to clients. So that's, that's me. <laughs> wow. That is so awesome. Um, and I know that, you know, it's when it comes to finance, like you're helping people manage their wealth in a way that allows them to stay true to their mission and goals and values, but you also raise money for your own business in a way that allowed you to stay true to your mission and goals and values. So I'd love to hear more about that because, you know, so many people think when they start a business, either they can't raise money at all. Like if you're a service business, like someone like a wealth manager or a lawyer or a CPA, you think like, oh, I can't raise money for my business. I have to bootstrap it. But you did raise money, but in a way that really was um, created a healthy relationship. So I'd love to hear more about that. Absolutely. And, you know, before I before I raised the money for my business, I 
Um, I, I was like, you know, many entrepreneurs um, who don't, you know, who didn't know all of that, uh, didn't know all of that, that, that it would be possible and that it would be possible to do it in a way that was um, going to be um, favorable and, and within alignment um, to our business, you know, values and business goals. Um, it was really helpful to have um, an, uh, an opportunity to receive business mentorship through, um, through uh, Uptima um, Entrepreneurship Cooperative. Back then it was called Uptima Business Bootcamp. Um, as well as I was in a entrepreneur in residence program with Main Street Launch. So it was really the Main Street Launch program that introduced me to, um, uh, to Uptima. And uh, through that entrepreneur in residence program, I was able to kind of refocus on our kind of um, our goals around funding the business. And, um, and through that, I was able to kind of identify that there was a specific type of capital that was available for me to apply, apply for, which was through, through Runway. Um, and uh, Runway provided a way for us to, you know, a really good kind of like friends and family type loan funding um, that was kind of long-term that really helped kind of um, allow me to, to have um, a way to focus on, on growing our business, providing some working capital, um, which then I could catapult into being able to um, bring on more clientele, which then you know, is allowing me now to continue to invest in our business. So um, having that kind of financing was, uh, and, and funding was, was crucial. Um, in me being able to like be sustained and to, you know, to have our business be successful. I love that. So how has, you know, your background, the things that are important to you, what you've learned as you've gotten more and more into the finance industry, how has all the, how have all those things influenced how you run your business now and, you know, what types of clients you take on, what types of investments you try to help them get into? So I want to answer that question, but there was one more thing I wanted to say about um, the way that I raise capital for my business. Um, just give some ideas on, uh, just give you some examples of, of the ways that it was, was unique. You know, it was, um, you know, in order for me to uh, uh, basically apply for that, for that funding, um, I raised it, you know, I, I basically pitched it and raised it. Um, in amongst all women of color, you know, my first kind of pitching to receive funding was to a room of, of women of color, um, you know, me putting presentations and, and asking for funding. Um, and that as a, you know, as a black woman entrepreneur, um, trying to ask for capital in, in that way, I just want to just give that example that that is very unique and it absolutely makes a difference um, uh, um, to uh, someone like myself, who's, you know, was very green to, to not 
not raising money in that way. So I didn't want to forget to say that. No, that I'm (laughs) glad you brought that up. Cause like what, if you hadn't found that source of funding, like what, (laughs) what do you feel like that experience would have been like, you know, now that you know, like who the players are in the world of finance, um, you know, what would it have been like if you hadn't been lucky enough to connect with that super supportive uh, values aligned source of funding? I think, I just think it, it, I, I probably wouldn't have, you know, it, it, I would not have applied, um, for it because my other options would have been, you know, probably going to, um, the bank and the bank, you know, looking at me and being like, you know, you only have a couple years of business, you're, your uh, PNL is, you know, is not showing that you can actually pay this back at this point, you know, like, I don't think that, like, I think I would have been looked at in uh, very differently. And um, the, the people who were kind of underwriting my loan at runway believed in me because they, because they had had, you know, you know, some of them had had experience with me for a longer period of time before I had applied for that funding, but also they just believe, you know, they, it's, it's just within their mission to believe in, you know, the ability for a black entrepreneur to succeed. And I had, I had everything else to show that I could, I could succeed and I am succeeding. So Um, but you know, there are other opportunities and it's just good for, um, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs to know that that kind of funding is out there and, um, and that kind of funding is receiving more support from, from, you know, individual and institutional type investors, um, because there are more, um, there are more opportunities and, and for people to invest in those type of um, those type of, of funds that, that are specifically targeting, um, entrepreneurs, um, that may, you know, come from marginalized communities or people of color or women or what have you. So. Yes, I know. Thank goodness. It seems to be finally getting some attention from people who are able to allocate a lot of wealth that, they should be paying some attention to those sources. So yeah, so how do you pay it forward since you were a recipient of that type of fund? Like, what do you do now as an advisor to help your clients maybe allocate some of their money to those kinds of funds? So as, as an advisor, it's so, it, to me, it's really exciting for me to be able to work with clientele that they, you know, who are very specific in asking for me to help them identify opportunities to invest in a fund, um, you know, that is kind of laser focused on impacting um, entrepreneurs, you know, small businesses, or a variety of kind of issue, you know, variety of issue areas. And, um, and so I spend a lot of time, you know, during my, my work, uh, work week, um, you know, uh, reviewing, um, you know, the kind of do, what we have in, at Natural Investments, which is uh, kind of like uh, due diligence around certain type of um, off Wall Street, out of the box investment opportunities um, that are, you know, and they and these in opportunities can 
vary in um, in risk can can be all the way from like very low risk to like very high risk and everything in between. And um, you know, but for me to be able to talk to clients from my personal experience of um, you know this is this is the type of funding that was able to make it possible for me as a business owner to be here to help you. Um, that conversation goes a long way. Um, and so, you know, so I have that experience, that kind of personal experience of what is it like being a small, you know, business, black woman run business, trying to raise capital, uh, services type business, trying to raise capital, um, and, you know, trying to tell them my story of like, well, and now, you know, I was able to hire someone part-time who is now full-time, you know, so I'm creating jobs um, it, within my community, um, you know, so like just to try to be able to explain like what the, Im what the impact can be. Um, and for me to be, a, I can, I can share from personal experience what the impact can be. But I also, wow. you know, I also bring, bring my financial planning. So I try to blend like both that kind of personal, like, what is it like to be, someone from a marginalized community, somebody with a marginalized background who has very strong activist values, um, as well as kind of blend that with like, and I'm still a fiduciary advisor that, that looks at things from a financial planning standpoint mm -hmm. and kind of blend, blend those, those things. So, um, but what I, what I, what I think that the, I think kind of like personally what my experience has brought is that like if I I want to be able to knock down doors in the ways that doors were, you know, kind of open for me and I think one of the powerful ways of being an advisor is you can help clients, you know, see and understand like, you know, if if there is an, an opportunity where you can do good and it can still accomplish your financial goals, like then you shouldn't, why, why are you hesitant? You know, why are you hesitating? You know, what, what are, you know, I, I like to explain the pros and cons and the risks around, um, you know, around specific investments, but, um, but I really try to, to be creative in, in helping them show what the opportunities are and the impacts that can be made with, um, with, with, uh, with the capital and the wealth hmm. that people have the privilege of having. That's amazing. Do you ever find yourself kind of thinking about risk in a different way from the mainstream way of thinking about risk because you've personally um, experienced um, be, having an investment opportunity that a mainstream investor might have evaluated as risky like oh I don't know if I'm going to invest in Nicole because she's still new and mm -hmm. I don't know you know and yet you know you're such a good steward of the money that people are investing in you so mm -hmm. does that affect how you evaluate how risky other opportunities are? It it does. It 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 absolutely does. Um, and I what I also say is, and it's also hard um, because, you know, I still I still have to like, you know, I I'm I'm trained in this work, and I still have this, you know, I still, um, you know, 
are are operate within a capitalistic system you know like i'm still operating within a capitalistic system i still have to honor the fact that i am a fiduciary you know a fiduciary you know that i that i have to do what's in the best have to do with them recommending what's in, what's in the best interest for clients but yes like i also try to um you know like think about i do i do try to think about risk and um, is it really in and, and, and come up with with um, my feelings about about risk in a way that that's trying to kind of deconstruct that um, that kind of capitalistic frame of mind that is that's perpetuated by, you know, by uh, inequality and mm -hmm. and and um, kind of like look at look at how I feel about risk and like is this this kind of like you know patriarchal white supremacist way of looking at risk or is it really risk you know mm -hmm. and to try to redefine it so it. but it is a it's a hard thing I and mean, it's not something that is just like it's an uh you know thinking about risk is not an easy it's not an easy thing <laughs> absolutely and it's this different is... for every investment you know yeah and no one can predict the future i mean I think about WeWork and how people looked at the founder of WeWork and said like, oh, that's a low risk guy to invest mm -hmm. in because he's like this super smart white man, you know, <laughs> and it looked low risk to him and they people put all this money towards his business and it failed, you know, so it's like there's no science to knowing what risk, you know, what's more risky and what's less risky. There's certain things that we just can't know about the yeah. future. <laughs> so I love that you're like you know, bringing that to the table as part of talking to clients. And I, I find it so fascinating that you, you know, you are in this interesting position where you have to balance kind of the training and the kind of um, sort of the, the tools of the trade that you have to bring to the table as someone who's, you know, has the certifications that you have and the licenses that you have, but also bringing a different perspective. I think that is just, it's so wonderful that you're, you're able to sort of straddle that and 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 bring new perspectives to the table. Yeah, and it's nice to to not have to have those conversations about risk like alone. You know, of course, you know, you have the conversation with the client about it, but I also one of the one of the great things I think about um, natural investments is is kind of our collective way of of evaluating investments, you know, like there's a very, you know, the the culture that we have um, at uh, Natural Investments is very, like, it's very collaborative. It's very, you know, when, when we're evaluating investments, we, we there's a process, but there's also this, this um, lots of conversation and, um, and an openness to, to different thinking. Um, mm -hmm. And probably I like not having to do that alone. Yeah. And the fact that natural investments, unlike a lot of firms, has a lot of diverse voices at the table. So, oh, yeah, you know, perspectives get shared that wouldn't normally get shared at a wealth advisory firm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I love it. Yay. Well, I'll just say, you know, I, Malika manages my money and I feel really lucky because I know she's so busy that I don't know how, how I got so lucky, but natural investments as a whole is a, a really impressive um, 
business that I've I've followed for years and I'm really happy to get to know you as one of that you know part of that ecosystem so thank you so much for joining us is there any advice you would like to share for someone who you know has some money saved up and doesn't feel really great about you know where it's invested like what would be a good first step for someone like that Yes, well, it's it's been a pleasure. Um, and, you know, the, usually the first thing I, I like to have, you know, to 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 advise people to do is to, you know, if if people aren't feeling good, they, they realize that they don't have enough skin in the game uh, when it comes to um, trying to invest in a, in a better future in a better world. Um, the first thing that they should do is kind of like look at your, look at their portfolio, look at your portfolio. Like what are you, what exactly like reconnect with the ways that you are investing. Um, and is it, you know, a, a kind of an easy way to start um, doing it is, is to start replacing things that are kind of in similar asset classes as, um, as what is in your portfolio. So for example, like, if you have a you know moderate, if you're a moderate investor and it's kind of sixty percent in the stock, you know, in in stock equity type holdings and forty, you know, forty percent in bonds and and cash um, or fixed incomes, uh, um, what we call bonds um, in financial advisor speak. Um, but you know, look at look at. Uh, replacing some asset classes in 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 each side of the portfolio on the bond side you can instead of having like you know kind of normal bond funds like could you start replacing some of that money with community notes um community uh community bonds um you know at places like having cds at places like community development financial institutions um those are, that's like really not hard to do. Um, the, you know, again, the risk nature of it could be pretty um, not risky, um, but it depends on the term uh, and, you know, what it is. Um, you have to decide whether or not you, you want to stay, you know, keep, keep certain points, certain parts of your money that is publicly traded, um, but also, Look for opportunities where you might be willing to put a little bit money in investments that are not publicly traded. So, but the, again, the first the first thing is to to do is to look at their portfolio. If you're working with, um, if you have an existing financial advisor relationship, um, talk with them uh, about uh, and get their ideas about ways that you can bring in more sustainability um, and you know, kind of more sustainable investment options. Um, and, you know, realize that if you're like, you know, because we get a lot of clients that have tried to do this with their advisor for like many years and like they just don't get, their advisors just don't really have expertise or they don't, or they get pushback or, you know, they kind of get cookie cutter recommendations. Like if you're not okay with that, like, you know, maybe you need to start looking for another advisor who does specialize in, in it um, and also you utilize the information that's available online. Um, you know, there's 
there's there are places like Natural Investments has what we call a heart rating with some suggestions um, on you know kind of highly rated highly rated um, uh, publicly traded funds um, you know rated from an ESG perspective which stands for environmental social and governance um, factors. Um, but if you really, you know, you really need some help, you might really need to be looking for um, an advisor who specializes um, in this kind of type of investing. So, yes, I definitely agree. I mean, I remember years ago when I first got into this work, you could probably count on one hand the number of advisors that were willing to be creative outside the box thinkers and not just use the cookie cutter approach, but thank goodness, uh, more and more people like you are, you know, are super um, creative, mission driven, wanting people to um, be able to put their money in the places that not only work for them financially, but also ethically. So yeah, there's really no reason why you should stick with an, uh, an advisor that isn't willing to do that for you. So thank you so much, Nicole. I so appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Your story is incredibly inspiring. And we will, of course, share your contact information in the show notes. Thanks for having me, Jenny. Do you have any questions for our securities lawyers and capital raising experts? Call the podcast hotline and leave us a message at 866 866- extension 5. You can also send other inquiries to podcast at jennycasson.com. We'd love to hear from you. Music for the Capital Inside podcast is still searching by Damon Criswell via Audio Hero. Thank you for listening to Capital Insight with Jenny Casson and Michelle Timish. Until next time.